Hey, good people. It's your girl, Fedrika McClary Easley, back with another episode of Bum, 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 Bum. The people are blunt. Um, so happy to be here with y'all. Y'all know I'm getting back from maternity leave. And so um, I'm back like I never left. We we had episodes rolling because I, I did a good job of recording some stuff. But now we're in real time, right? We're in real time, back live. Um, so let's take care of some business before I get to my guests. We are on all the platforms, people. Y'all already know this. Um, if you're tired of hearing me say it, so what? It's okay. Um, just do what I ask, right? So uh, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Prime Music. Um, please like, subscribe, thumbs up, share. Do all of those things. I actually read the comments and reply to them. And so if you take your time, I'm going to actually take my time. Um, the People's Ecosystem. Go check us out. This is where our CBD line is. And we have new merch. Um, that I will be getting shortly because I'm back in the space, back in the place to be. And last but not least, if you are in New Mexico or if you're in Cali, because we're still dealing with cannabis being a, a schedule one substance. Um, so our, C our THC line, excuse me, Tosi Treats. These edibles are amazing. They are with a technology called Unlock It. And so instead of emulsifiers, it actually attaches to a protein. Our bodies know what to do with proteins. So you get to keep more of the good stuff fast acting, amazing tasting um, edibles that give you that lasting vibe because it's a social strain, but it hits you more like you're actually like taking a hit from a pen or taking a hit from a joint. And so with all of that being said and done, I want to get to my guest. Now I'm going to full transparency people. He and I have already been vibing for like 30 minutes before I even press <laughs> record. Okay. Um, so, and I knew that this was going to happen. I knew this was going to happen. I knew that we were going to um, not have a problem with having a conversation and you know that that's what it is. So Aaron Washington is a father, is an entrepreneur, is an amazing photographer, um, is a, uh, uh, is a cannabis, um, well, how would you describe yourself and in, in, in your love or your relationship with cannabis? Oh, it's everything. Um, it's everything. No, it, um, it, it's, it, cannabis is really, um, it, it, it introduced me to myself. I guess that's the best way to describe it, that um, it, it allowed me to really get to know myself. Um, people say the weed knows, the weed knows, like it, it just, it, and it'll, and it, it was perfect. I remember early on, just my relationships with it, just, um, and you and, uh, you and I were talking about this earlier, where there are times when you're feeling an emotion and you're not necessarily sure what it is. And there'd be times when I'm like, I'm annoyed or whatever. And you smoke and it's like, oh, okay, no, what's really at the heart of this? Is it like, you know, sadness, disappointment or whatever. And, and, and nine times out of 10, it's not necessarily what you thought it was. So, you know, the plan has really helped me to be able to access myself and, and be the best version of me. Um, <laughs> I, I look at just parenting style and a lot of the stuff that used to be stressful and just a lot of the stuff in life that used to be stressful that is just so much simpler now that I actually see like what is, is really going on. And, and yeah, so it, it, it allows me to basically it introduces me to myself and allows me to be able to go into any situation and actively be able to participate in it and not, you know, whatever, bring any kind of anxiety emotion or whatever to it allows me just to flow basically yeah you flowing and you're present yes yeah yes. yeah so Always. when did so when did you and cannabis meet 
when did we meet? Well, probably probably in seventh grade <laughs> on the, when, in junior high with a, a bunch of guys who used to go smoke. Every, this is one thing that was crazy. I remember being a kid in seventh grade and seeing kids like smoke and like go and they'd, they'd be fine in class and they'd do whatever. And all these guys grew up to be just amazing fathers, husbands and, and business. And so but as a kid, I'm like, oh, my Lord. Um, I did it just a little bit, you know, I did it through high school and I did it in college, but I was always a drinker. That was just my thing. It was something that from being a kid, when you're annoying your parents and they want you to go to sleep, you know, here's your beer and have this and just go whatever. So that was always my thing. Um, and it, and again, it's, it's accessible. Um, and I was basically reintroduced to cannabis okay. um, when I had been a, a drinker. I'll, I'll say that I was a professional alcoholic for much of my life. I was able to do it. Kids are kids are taken care of. House is clean. Literally everything is done. Work is done. But, you know, inside there was so much missing. Um, and I had gotten to a point where just my health was just a mess. And, and it was and, and I literally was like, you know what, I'm going to try. And back at the time now, it seems almost like, you know, the, the term Cali sober, you know, it it has a different meaning or maybe it doesn't. But, you know, it's, it's looked at maybe in a different way. But anyway, um, I started looking into that and just different options for it. That's why I'm the believer that I am in the plant and all that it can provide. Yeah. Because it just relief from addiction, you name it, like just a good night's sleep, pain, like everything. So it was something that, you know, and, and you talk about the clarity, you know, I, I had I literally was going to I, I was outside the liquor store and I'm like, if I go in there, I'm going to die. Like if I go in and make one more purchase, like I'm going to die. This is not doing anything for me. And, you know, long story short, I, I and some people know the story of me. Um, going the first time uh, to go get literally I waited in line for two and a half hours in a heated tent because I'm like, if I get out of this line, I'm going to go drink and I'm going to die. Right. And literally I get in there, bud tender, the chillest guy ever. I'm crawling out of my skin. And this dude's like, relax, buddy, relax, relax. Yeah. I got, got you. And I'm like, I got kids. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to take care yeah. of you. The guy like, who this. But I was honest. I said, look, I stopped drinking. I'm crawling out of my skin like, yo. And he's like, all right. And I said, I got I got young kids. I can't, you know, smoke. I can't. He's like, all right, well, the gummies, take these home. And you'll feel like it just took the edge off. And I get home. And um, <laughs> so the first, this is the first night that the masked singer is on TV. I don't know. <laughs> if you're seeing this, yeah. Yeah. So I'm sitting down. Right. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm sitting there and I'm like, and I hadn't been high in a long time. So I'm watching the show and I'm like trying to, am I thinking about booze? Well, not really, but I'm like, is this a we? And I'm like, the show's so weird. I think the first person voted off was like Tommy Chong. And I'm like, what is going Like, this is just too weird. I'm like, is it me? Like, whatever. So I find myself in my room, like, you know, I'm watching TV and I'm laughing. Right. And there was no laughter in, in addiction. Mm -hmm. And people know there's no, there's nothing happy. You just are just miserable. Yep. So I'm watching the show and I'm laughing and the clarity hits me. And I literally like, and I hear it. It's like literally the voice. And it says, excuse my language. It says, what the fuck are you doing with this alcohol stuff? Right. Right. What are you doing? Right. And it's like, look, and it literally was like, look at your wife. You've got a beautiful wife. You've got two beautiful kids. You've got a lovely home. 
just because you didn't grow up in this and in the, the trauma that you're from your childhood does not mean that you don't deserve this. Yeah. If you cut the shit, you can hold on to this and it might get a little bit better. Now, my life is a million times better. Yeah. But from that point, and I never touched another another drop. And it's funny, my mom was, uh, one of my mothers was, was you know, busting my stone. She's like, oh, I heard you're drinking again. And I'm like, yeah. I called her that very next day and I said, um, mom, I don't want to drink anymore. And she's like, what? I said, no, I think I'm done. I I'm good. I don't want to drink anymore. And she's like, okay. And I'm sure she was like, all right, whatever. Right, and, let me uh, see. Yeah. And, and, and literally it was, um, it, it was, and I haven't touched a drop since. And, and that, so with me, the whole thing with cannabis is just to show people that there's another way. Cause I know just with pharmaceuticals and, and all kinds of other stuff that it's easy to lose yourself to addiction, you know, again. And I was someone who drank weekends and then it was like, yeah, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Monday. Too, and it was every right. day. So right. basically my biggest mission in, in this whole cannabis space is to show people that there are other options and, and it will make, and it, it can make you a better parent partner, just literally everything. And it has improved me. It, I'm the best version of myself that I could ever imagine, you know, yeah. and it goes to kind of what we were saying earlier that you take these things for granted. Like at my worst, again, as I said to you, I couldn't go an hour without a drop of booze. Like that was just my thing. How did your wife and your children, um, react were they verbal did you see a difference in them as you changed what you were doing because you're um, talking about laughing and like the 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 picture that i got or this the 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 um imagery i got was just like this house that like you are a stoic being in right and so now you're laughing and i know if that was me dealing with that i'd be like is dad going crazy or is my husband going crazy? Like, <laughs> like who laughing? Like, who is that? You know? So I just wonder um, how your family, how your family reacted. One of the first things, and it's funny because they saw the clarity. Now um, I remember the, um, the lockdown, the pandemic, you know, my kids, I think it was Friday the 13th, you know, they'd gone to school the last time they'd come home and it was a Friday. And um, you know, we were here as a family and, and it's one of those times where you smoke and like my kids were like, whatever, they were like emotional about something. And I'm like, and I'm putting myself in it. I'm like, oh, I'd be psyched if I didn't have to go to school. Like these kids, blah, 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 blah. So I went, I, I smoked and I went and I take a shower. Now I'm a very mindful person, growth might like I'm always thinking, like always thinking about, you know, my, like my actions and whatever. And it hit me. It's like, what, what's wrong with you? Your kids yeah. literally left everything on Friday. This is some scary shit. Correct. What are you doing? Like you're you're annoyed that they're scared, and that was the first. I literally called the family together, yeah, and said, "Yo, I've been wrong." I said, "I'm trying to put myself on you." Like I said, "I'm sorry." Like that that that's not that's not right. And my communication skills just got so much better because the empathy, the understanding, the discernment of like what's really, and that was the thing. It allowed me to take myself out of it and discern really like what is going on. So in terms of how they, um, my wife, the funny thing, I got my medical card and my old ID is from my drinking days. And when my wife saw like my medical ID and my, she's like, 
Okay, there's something because again, I probably I lost. I'm gonna say at least eighty pounds. I mean, like just the just my whole face was round because it's just all that. And my wife is like, "Yeah, okay, yeah." My husband is a better like this, yeah. yeah. And just and the and the amazing part is that my family, like I I smoke uh, all the time, but dad doesn't change. Like I'm not loopy. I'm not because I can't afford to be. I've got images. I've got stuff that has to be on point. Like, you know, talking about different cultivars and like, I need to like have my facts down and terpenes and everything. So I can't be. And that was the thing. So they see that even though I smoke, like I'm always on top of my game and I literally do use it as a tool that that is what it is. The right strain for the right time for the right. And it all works out. But yeah. And that's one of the benefits definitely of this regulated space. I mean, I understand, you know, even with with the legacy market, like people who had developed a relationship uh, with their providers, you know, would be able to articulate this is what I need. You know, I like this last time I had this. I didn't like this because there is still some of that room, even in regulated. Right. Where you have to figure out what works for you, how yeah. it works for you um, and then develop your regimen. But um, I think that that's beautiful. I mean, I think that um, just that just that proof in the different IDs, right, of like, if you don't think <laughs> that it's real, let me show you how real it is. I think that, mm -hmm. that that is amazing. So before wife and kids and things of that nature, I want to go back for a minute, mm -hmm. right? I want to go back. You're from Boston. I love the accents. Bye. Bye. Okay. <laughs> I almost um, told you that I can talk. We, we were going to have, we might have a two-pata. <laughs> it's the second pot, but I'm like, <laughs> she might not get that accent. Anyway, yes, I'm from Boston. I, I heard a couple hours earlier when we were talking. I was like, there it go. There it go. There it go. Well, see, what I do, and this was, this is, it, I code switch. Uh -huh. like I, and I've always have. Like when I would go back to Rochester, I'd be home to, in Boston and I would come back and people would make fun of how I talk because I would be around my family. My family's grown up like hardcore Boston accent. So when the pandemic, I was real thick because I'm just talking to my parents. I'm not talking to anyone else in the world. So it's just real like gutter, just nasty anyway. So no, no, no. I, I had the same experience because I went to magnet schools. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so you come yeah. back to your neighborhood and it's like, who are you? What, what, what's going on? So you had to do that. And even, Early on, uh, I'm from Buffalo, New York, but I lived in New Orleans for a number of years. And so hmm. I would I would go home and now I'm like, baby, you know what I mean? Like I got that flowing. And then I come back from Buffalo to New Orleans and I'm like, why for? And did it, you know what I mean? Like, I'm, so you're constantly, it, you're right. It's not even about purposely doing it, but it's just about who you're around and what you're hearing and how you pull from Can it. Can I ask, do you say pop? For soda? Do you say pop or soda? I say soda. Okay. See, a lot of... Wait, I could have sworn one of my buddies said a pop. Well, you, you know why? You know why? Because Buffalo... So Buffalo is a trick bag, right? Because Buffalo is, to me, I would say more Midwest than North mm -hmm. Northeast. Hmm. And so it really just kind of depends. Okay. But, yeah. But I mean, like... And also, I think I probably... I probably say like more like soda pop. Or just like call it like Pepsi, like the specific. Yeah, like, I'm get a Coke. Yeah, yeah, I want this. I know the first time I was in New Orleans and they called it a cold drink. I was like, so what? What kind of cold drink, right? You know what I mean? Because I'm looking for the specific. 
what exactly do you want yeah. to drink? Like you want lemonade, you want soda. What does you that want... refer to? Was that a soda? A cold drink? Cold drink. I'm I'm gonna give me a cold drink. Okay. <laughs> okay. And like, yeah, it just depends on who you're talking to and what time of day it is, because that could be a daiquiri. That could be, you know what I'm saying? Like it yeah. could be what it needs to be. Um, but yeah, the vernacular in different places is always amazing. So <laughs> Boston, um, and then RIT, right? Mm -hmm. So you go to RIT. The thing that was interesting to me about this, and I want you to tap into it because you are a photographer. We see a lot of people, and this is no shade, but a lot of mm -hmm. people are in photography. They didn't really go to school for it, right? Like this mm -hmm. is not something that they decided was a passion and that they wanted to do. A lot of times it can come from a hobby. It's just an interest. Mm -hmm. So what said to you, um, I want to be a photographer and I'm actually going to go to school for this shit? <laughs> All right. Oh, I'll have to go back. I so we always had Polaroid cameras around the house and I was spoiled rotten and had every toy that you could be that you would ever imagine. So I used to set up my Star Wars men and everything. And I'm talking original, like 1970 Star Wars men and yeah. like set up my action figures. And I would take like my little movies with the Polaroid camera. So I always loved taking pictures. And then um, when I was a freshman in high school um, in Lexington, they had a really, at the time, their art program was amazing. Like photography, like amazing, like dark rooms. And it was, it was incredible. So I started that my freshman year. I, as an artist, I was never much of a student. I just, I would sit there in class and be like, like I literally used to be the kid who would like count the ceiling, the holes in the ceiling. I remember doing this in math class. I'm looking at the ceiling. I picked out one and I'm like, I'm gonna count every one because that's how bored I was. That that was just me in class. Um, and it's crazy. I have a growth mindset now and I wanna know everything about history and science, but <clears throat> back then it wasn't that important. So it was literally like, I would be home in Boston my parents never checked. I no one ever checked me like my grades and doing homework. Never, never. And I was a kid who grew up with video game systems, Atari's in my room, so no one ever checked. And it was. I remember many a time, I'd be like, I can look at my science book, or I can literally just take my camera and go out on the streets of Boston. I'll get on the train, I'll go downtown, and I'll just take pictures. And it was like, all right, well, I don't want to sit here and read. I'm literally gonna go out and like put in some headphones and walk the streets and take pictures. And that's what I did. So I did it all through um, high school. Um, actually, <laughs> actually stopped going to math class. I think my senior year, I don't know how I didn't get in trouble for this. I just, I'm like, I can go to the dark room. I didn't go to math class for like a month and a half. Like, I, again, I still don't know how I didn't get in trouble for that. Um, but I was just hanging out with my photography you teacher. Needed, you needed a Montessori program. Okay. You needed to just be, be free. You need to be free to do exactly yeah, what you want to do in the moment. Yes. <laughs> so with that, um, and all of my friends, you know, again, I wasn't much of a student. And all of my friends um, in Lexington, I had out of the percentage of people who went Ivy League was just ridiculous. So all of my other friends were going off to all these, like, schools. And I'm like, I don't know. And the only reason how I found RIT, and everything happens for a reason, uh, I knew nothing about RIT. Um, I actually wanted to go to NYU, but I didn't have the grades. And they're like, yeah, no. Um, so I end up going, I, I picked the school. And this was like back in the day, we couldn't go, like we visited schools with my girls. We didn't visit Rochester. Yeah. Like, this is where you're going. Like, so yeah. my parents dropped me off my freshman year, picked me up the end of my freshman year, and then didn't pick me up again until my, till I graduated. So 
I literally Rochester reached out and it was like, yeah, the money was right or right enough anyway, because it was still a grip anyway. But I ended up going there. So that that was how it was basically like, I don't know what else to do. So I'm going to go to school for photography. I love it. It's my passion. So let me go do this. Like, I don't I don't know about business or anything else. So so I went for four years, four years there. Did you did you finally pay attention while you were at RIT? Um, no, because because unfortunately at Rochester, fortunately or unfortunately, when I was there and, and I had a great time, they move uh, certain people into fraternities. Yes. So I was moved in right next to a fraternity and my roommate went looking for a hammer and he's like, I didn't find a hammer, but I got some place to drink tonight. And I'm like, OK, so I literally from my very first night I was in the fraternity and that fraternity and all my buddies from another fraternity. So I, I didn't really pay attention. I, I didn't really do very well in college either. <laughs> also, and here's the other thing. I wasn't very good at bullshitting. I did a project, I remember, and I just liked the photos. They're cool photos. And the guy wanted me to like bullshit on like, oh, it's a comment on existentialism and, and consumer. And I wasn't going to do that. I'm like, I just think they're cool pictures. And he's like, yeah. I don't think so. Get his ass out of here. I'm like, what? So, yeah, yeah. All, that and also, I was poor in college, so just having money to, to like, film and develop, I, like, did that. I used to do projects on two pieces of film. I'm like, all I got money is for this, so I'm going to shoot it. I would do the math, and I would come out with two – that was it. So, yeah, I didn't – I didn't um, – But I, that pressure, that pressure yeah. – that's how you make diamonds, right? Because it's like, look, I cannot take reels of film here. Like, like no. these two shots, if yep. this is what I have money for, these have to be damn good, right? Okay. But the, the amazing thing is, but I came back to Boston after that. So I didn't know a whole, I mean, I, I learned whatever, four years of school. It wasn't until I became an assistant for other photographers and I was lucky enough to work for people doing everything, people shooting right. cars, babies, Dunkin' Donuts, like sneak, like literally everything. So I end up learning how to do everything with a the camera. There's nothing I can't photograph because I literally, that's what I did. I like literally work for all these people. And it's almost like you're working for people and you get their superpowers. They tell yeah. you what, they tell you how to do stuff. And if you're paying attention, so I literally would get all this knowledge from all these people. So that that has allowed me to, you know, I can I can do anything with a camera. There's nothing I can't do. So so two things that that brings to mind. One, um, just kind of hammering the point home that traditional school, four year college, universities is not for everyone because mm -mm. you know because your learning style you would have benefited more from like an apprentice program, which is what you wound up doing yes. by working, you know, working um, under a lot of these photographers, right? Like you are more of a hands-on person. You yes. just have to kind of be in the thick of it in the throes and understand and learn and play with it and figure out how the thing, you know, does what it does. Um, I did, when I was doing my research on you, I saw that you, you do shoot everything, right? And so follow-up question to that is like, do you have a favorite? Um, cause I know you do culture and lifestyle. I know you do stills. Um, I know you do, you know, products. Do you have a favorite? The, my favorite would be people. Cause one of the things like I, I have shot like everything. Portrait people or like action people. Anything working with people, anything okay. where I literally am like on set with you and we're going to talk. I'm going to like, because my thing used to be this, like I also did like 
corporate portraits for decades. That was so I would go to all these companies. Now I've got to sit there. And it was also, you know, I'm there as a young black male. You don't know, like with earrings and people would like, you know, so you're already kind of like, and this was in the nineties. So it was kind of a different time. Um, I can't tell you the number of people who I showed up at a job and were surprised by the color of my skin. Like, are you here to get the coffee? Yeah. And, and it was like, and I, I almost would joke with myself, should I tell them like, I'm going to be the black guy because they would be. So anyway, but my thing was, I would sit there with you in a room and I would make you feel comfortable, whether you were black, white, old woman, male, whoever you are. Mm-hmm. I learned how to talk and deal with people and talk and, and make them feel comfortable to get the best out of them. So I would say working with people would, would be the best. Yeah, that, that would be my favorite. But I, I enjoy it. Well, but in cannabis, I really enjoy cultivation. <laughs> like I love to shoot because the people that work in cultivation, they're there every day yeah. grinding. They yeah. love it. And I love their energy. I love to feed off of them. I love their passion. So that would be it, like working with people in cultivation as well. But anything with people, um, I'm in. I'm in. So let's let's go into that because I know that for years you worked in like corporate and nonprofit spaces. I know you did some work with um, a cancer institute up there in Boston. Yeah. Um, and so what transitioned or how did you transition into cannabis? <laughs> well, I spent working in cannabis. Yeah, <laughs> that. Well, it's funny because so I did all of that. I, I'm Dana Farber here in Boston. They they I worked for them for uh, 19 years, almost 20 yeah. years doing, you know, I shot the marathon for like 17 years. I would love like and that was also just being with people like there and the, the marathon. My favorite thing with them would be literally working with the like the kids and patients because you're working with kids. And the biggest thing the parents would say at the end, like, you know, you just treated them like a kid. Like they had such a good time just being here with you and not remembering like they're sick or they're here for a treatment or whatever. So I did that forever and I did travel stuff. Now the pandemic happened and the world shut down. You can't go into office buildings when yeah. there's pandemic. Yep. There's no travel photography anymore because I used to love to do that and go just everywhere, just with my kid. That that that's probably the favorite. It's just literally traveling to a new country with your camera and experience and shooting. Um, but you couldn't do that, and you can't go into a cancer hospital in a pandemic and work with people. So the world shut down, and I was shooting cannabis a little bit, and I just solely started doing that. And that's all I did in the pandemic. And when the world opened up again, I shot my first corporate job. And literally, I was like, I remember, like, we're literally running around. And everyone in the, in the cannabis space is really cool and calm. And it's just like, whatever. And I remember just them running around for this executive. And it's like, he's just a guy. Like, why are we like, come on, dude. Like, this is stupid. And yeah. like, was like, everyone's like stressed out. And it's just like, this is dumb. So I literally like, and it's funny, I, I was uh, right next to my burrito place at the end of the job and I'm sitting there like getting a burrito and I'm waiting. I'm like, cause this day just sucked. Like at least I'm going to have some, you know, redeeming factor. And I got, you know, a text for a, a cultivation shoot and it's like, yep, this is the universe. This is God just reaffirming. This is what you need to do. Yeah. So that, that's how I got in. And, and I've never looked back. Yeah. Yeah. So I, um, if one, it's funny how those things come, right? Because again, in terms of centering, you had already felt that it was time for a transition anyway, right? 
Uh, but sometimes we'll psych ourselves out in terms of if we can do it, is it really time? Mm -hmm. You know, this is what I know. And so like the fear of stepping into something else, right? So, um, you know, the universe always conspires to give us what we want. Uh, sometimes we just got to get out the damn way, right? Yeah. So um, shout out to you for getting out the way. So, you know, um, first let's talk about your site where people can find some of these amazing photos of, of cannabis. I already have it plugged up, but um, you can you can introduce it. So the name of my business, and a lot of people like, and, and I had to <laughs> like, please don't pronounce my business, Kanye. Like I had to like, but so the word of, so the word Kanye means light. It means, so when I was starting this company, cause my old company, like Portia was Aaron Washington photography, really original. Um, but I wanted it to be something significant. It was also um, part of, and it was in my recovery. So I looked for words that meant something like life and just new. And, and it was light. Cause I, cause I really felt as though, ah, thank you. Because at one point in my um, addiction, it was a bright, beautiful day. And I'm like, I'm like, it's dark. Like, it's just like, I've just like, I felt just like miserable. Like I could not see the sun. I was just like, when you're in the throes of addiction, it just like, it just, you know what I, I, I likened it to? It's almost like you're literally on the ground and the largest foot in the world has literally yeah. stepped on you and done that with you that's what you feel like like nothing makes you feel better so i wanted to 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 find words that that inspired and and that's in kanya and it's a it's and i looked at the regions of where my family well part of my family's from in africa so the dialect was the region in africa so it's sosotho is the it's no sosotho is the uh, uh yes it's, it's closer yes that's what it, yes um i had it yes I was, yes so it that's that was the meaning for me. It had to be a word that it had to have significance. Um, yeah. So that's where the word Kanye comes from. So it literally, you know, everything that I photograph, like it's just pops. It's like that's that's my style. Um, yeah. So yeah, that that's what it means. Yeah. I don't know if that was no, I, uh, I uh, it caught me because um, it is um, from Kosa. Yes. which is a quick language in South yes. Africa. Yes. Um, and so my husband and I, we actually got married in Cape Town. Okay. And uh, we have family, friend fam um, mm -hmm. over in Cape Town. And so uh, that is on my list. Like I, I have to, I have to learn the click language. Like every time we visit, you know, prior to the pandemic, it'd be like, okay, Rika, I need you to learn some more words. I need you to learn Ooh. something. Um, but it's, um, but they are a beautiful people. Right. Yeah. And you think of what they went through um, and continue to go through on the remnants of apartheid. Um, yeah. So much light in those people. Um, yeah. I care. I be, I'm careful of using resilience because I think also like often our resilience is used um, against us. Yeah. Right. It's used as <laughs> um, to be dark and to not, you know, to not take care and not do what they need to do um, and get out of, um, responsibility and, and mm -hmm. accountability, but um, in this way, uh, it definitely made sense to me. So, um, I want I was looking at some of your pictures and I'm mm -hmm. seeing like these beautiful buds, and I'm mm -hmm. seeing and I understand the cultivation piece of it. And so, um, for someone who may be wanting to transition mm -hmm. into um, the cannabis space, because 
um, one of the things that we suggest is like, look, everyone doesn't have to be plant touching. There are transferable skills, right? And you are mm -hmm. one of those people who successfully mm -hmm. transfer. Mm -hmm. What advice would you give people? What advice would you give a photographer, a, a marketer? I would say, well, there there is a place, and this is the interesting thing. I love just meeting different people and and hearing uh, because I there are so many people that were just drawn to the community with different things and did different so and did different things in another lifetime. You know, I, I would say if, if it's something that you want to do, I, I just literally, what is the, the your talent and how can you use it to apply and help out the, the industry? Because my biggest thing is this, and, and this is my, so a lot of the stuff that I post on LinkedIn is is direct. When I first started working in weed, I had countless people tell me, you're a bet, you, you can't be a good parent and work in weed. Mm. Like I literally, my 14 year old, my, my oldest who's 19 was 14 at the time. And she was in health class and, and the teacher was telling her, she would come home, well, dad, my teacher says, if you smoke weed, you're lazy, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, mm -mm, nope. And I said, you and I are going to, and from that point, we were open about like cannabis and everything. I said, I'm not going to be like my parents pretend, you know, that we don't drink or we don't, or that you don't drink and none of the stuff. I said, you're going to come to me. I'm going to be a resource. Right. And that's how it's been. Um, so, and it's funny, my kid, before she went off to school, <laughs> I'm like, all right. You're going to, cause she's like, dad, I really, I don't want to go off without not knowing anything about weed, blah, 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 blah. And so I gave yeah. her literally, I had edibles, I had indica hybrid and sativa. And I said like, we're going to blah, blah, blah. And she was like, I like the sativa. I like the, the indica and the, and the hybrid are a little heavy for me. So, and gave it back now she's in it. It's just, it, it's been amazing. Like to see, you know, the benefits for my child just with yeah. the understanding. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what, what was the question? Because I can lose myself so easily. No, no, no. It's okay. It's just uh, you. You. I mean, you answered it in terms of um, if this is something you want to do, like you got to put yourself yeah. out there. Um, I think people is is definitely the key, um, and the fact that like there are going to be naysayers. I mean, yeah. even as we are in this place where what thirty eight states have medically regulated, um, but cannabis is still not normalized, right? Mm -hmm. There is still a lot of stigma that's attached to it um, for us to kind of get through. But if you can elaborate on, you know, how you came out of this corporate space um, into um, cannabis, you know, photography, because, and LinkedIn is amazing, right? Like LinkedIn is one of the spaces that actually allows you to be like your full self and mm -hmm. not do so much extra policing. Um, so shout out to them for that. But were you reaching out to companies? I know like the the initial was the universe bringing one to you. And there was like this cultivation shoot that they reached out. But how did people find out that like Aaron Washington is now open to, you know, to um, being in this cannabis space? Um, I basically, you know, it's funny because I had a LinkedIn account for like years and years and years and I didn't really use it. Um, right. And then when I found out that it was accepting of cannabis, then I'm like, okay, then here you go. Um, basically, I didn't contact anyone. It was just a matter of shooting everything that I could like find on my own and then, and with working with other folks and then the other companies reached out, but it was, it was a matter of just like literally posting 
so much work. I did so much shooting and just, you know, and, and building my website and, you know, just, so it was, it was basically, I started shooting, you know, and then posted a whole bunch of stuff and then people, you know, realized what I could do. Well, the interesting part though, also was way back, um, LinkedIn didn't have any weed. The only weed pictures that LinkedIn had on them were, you know, say you have a, you'll see an article on LinkedIn that says, uh, Minnesota is, is, um, it's on the ballot and you'll see like a generic stock photo yeah. of some weed and whatever. That was the only thing on LinkedIn. So the thing was, I wasn't even sure what I could do. So I just started posting stuff and waiting for them to take it down. Like I wasn't like back in the day, there was nobody smoking weed. There was no like someone showing you their setups. There was like none of that stuff. It was all just literally the only, it was really weird. So it's been amazing to see all the cultivation photos, but year back then, none of that stuff was on there. So I wasn't even sure what, what would, uh, what would fly. I was basically waiting for them to take it down, to be honest with you. It was just like, look, I'd rather apologize than ask for permission. So I'm just going to fill the space, yeah. fill the void. I'm going to take these photos and then they're just going to have to tell me, yeah. Aaron, yeah, we can't do this. And and that's why my link in my Instagram isn't like, and I don't, I mean, I, I post stuff on it, but I don't go through the feeds and so, I don't know. It just reminds me of Facebook and I don't ever want to be on Facebook again. But um, so I don't do as much on Instagram as I should. You I mean, I post on it, but I'm just, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting because Instagram has a mix of, people that like family and friends. And I almost like my cannabis thing separate. Although I have pictures of my kids in literally all of them, like every other post. Um, so yeah, I just, it's, it's experimenting and I'm just seeing what, 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 like I posted, like, here's the other thing though. And, and it's been interesting and I've really enjoyed the, the, the platform of LinkedIn and being able to just discuss different matters with whether it's alcoholism or parenting and just like to being able to being able to encourage other folks. That's been something that, that I've been, you know, that I've been enjoying doing because it goes, you know, beyond here's me smoking weed or here's like, you know, I would say what I love, like I, you know, I follow you on LinkedIn. And so what I love is like, you'll see you, like smoking and then it's like, oh, I'm going to go, I'm going to go fix the dryer or, oh, um, I have a sweet tooth. So I'm going to bake this cake. I'm like, yo, what is this dude doing? <laughs> like he is clearly, look, he out here living his best life. He is like, look, um, I'm going to make this steak. Y'all might not eat meat. Uh, your fault. Sorry. Bad. I'm sorry. Um, but look, uh, this is what I got to taste for right now. And, and, and so the reason why I love those posts though, is because, it shows a full scope. Like it shows you living life, being able to live life um, with your consumption. Because I think the stigma still has it out there that, you know, like you're, like you say, your daughter, your daughter's teacher was saying like, oh, mm -hmm. if you consume, if you smoke or whatever, like you are basically going to be a vegetable on a mm -hmm. couch, right? Like you're going to be stupid. You're not going to be productive. And a part of normalizing, I think is showing people going about their everyday business and being successful at it, being, you know, productive mm -hmm. um, citizens while doing it. I do more now that smoking and whatever, because it's not, I don't sit there and just, like say in the day, like I'm not going to 
smoke something that's going to hit me super hard. I'm going to smoke okay. something that hits me right in the pocket of where I need to be so I can get get it done and get get stuff done. Yeah. Yeah. One, yeah. yeah. And well, I love that earlier. I wanted to just kind of bring that back because this is a, uh-huh. a gym that you dropped. And I don't know. I want to make sure that it, it, it sticks is that you also did the work in terms of your cannabis journey with trying things out, utilizing the resources like butt tenders, but being aware and almost like documenting. Maybe you did actually document like these are the terpenes like this. Okay, so you got the black book. Boom, people. Here we go. This is Yeah. So when I start, well, and here's the thing. So I got, I had to, I got my medical uh, card early and this was before the pandemic. So it was still difficult. Like I had a note from my doctor and everything. So I took it super seriously because I also had to be hyper vigilant and make sure I wasn't replacing one addiction for another. Right. Right. right so at right. every point I've had to monitor. So what I did was I took it like serious. So I literally have a book of all these different strain. And it literally has like, you know, where I bought it, um, what it has the lineage it has you know percentages it has the time of day and any other pertinent information that i need so like in the beginning like every every single strain that i smoke was in this book um and and i took it really serious so that's how i'm able to like i don't well if i'm at an event i'll smoke whatever but in daily in regular life i'm smoking something that is conducive to the activity that i'm doing yeah um, first of all, I want to shout out uh, my man Otha Smith of Tetragram. I'm not sure if yeah. you're familiar with Tetragram. Yeah, yeah we've met. Yeah. But that's exactly what his app is for, is yeah. to be able to track and to document what you're consuming, yeah. how it's making you feel so that you can actually curate your experience. Um, but I love that you have that black book, right? I, I love that you did that because even some of the OGs out there, um, people who have been you know, smoking for decades, this is a new day, right? So you go into these dispensaries, you know, you're, you're, you're in a regulated market and you go into to these dispensaries and like there are things beyond your scope and your understanding, right? Like, and so it's a process, right? Like you have to, you have to get to know yourself as well yeah. Yeah. Um, so that you don't have those old school moments of like, losing two days being stuck on a couch or whatever have you because you ate too many brownies right yeah. like we're we're beyond that we're beyond yeah. That. yeah and i'm thankful that my kids and they see how i function like i'm never sloppy i'm never like that ain't me yeah and and, and you know what it probably is it's probably also the 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 not drinking that like the 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 remembering of being of being an alcoholic where you're out of control time at times. I never want to be out of control. Like that, that's not fun to me. That doesn't yeah. sound fun at all. Like, because one of the biggest things was like, and this is one thing I don't miss. And this is why I wake up literally every day with a grateful spirit is because I used to have to literally wake up every morning and do like, like not a roll do uh, like just kind of backtrack and be like, what did I do? And, and is this, right. and I'm thankful I was never like someone who blacked out or did any of that crazy shit. I never yelled at my kids and beat anyone or like accent. I didn't do any of that. So I'm very fortunate, but just like, oh, I made an ass of myself or, oh, I did this or I disappointed my wife. And so, so that's why every morning I wake up and I'm like, yep, I'm sober. Like <laughs> I'm good. Like I just, whatever happens today, 
I'm good. And those are the things that I need to remind myself because I do at times kind of take it for granted. I remember I was my first year. I remember counting down the one year that night. I'm like, it's 12 o'clock. I'll be here. And I remember getting to one year and I was like, all right, now what? Literally. Like, and, and I, and I, and I, I had to like, and my therapist had to go, whoa, whoa, whoa. You did a good stop. You did an amazing thing. Cause I'm like, yeah, now what big deal. That's one year. Now what can yeah. I do? I don't want to just be known as the guy who stopped drinking. I want to know, be known, like, I want to like do more. And, and that's not going to define me that I just got sober. I'm going to find other stuff to define me. So yeah, it's, um, I'm, I just have a grateful heart every day. Like no matter what, what the day brings, there's always just this level of just like knowing, <laughs> remembering where I used to be and yeah. where I am now. So, yeah. and here's and the I thing. Also, I would also say like the language of, okay, what now? Like I just made it to a year. Like that shit ain't easy. It's a lot of people who don't make it to a year, right? Like it's a lot of people who don't do that um, with, with any addiction and anything can become addictive. Um, but it's a lot of people who don't make it to that year. Right. So I think that that's the other thing that sometimes we don't do is like celebrate all of our wins. You know what I mean? And you just hit the nail on the head because after I said that, I was trying to keep talking because I don't like to draw attention to the thing to, to that. So it just uncomes. So you said like you said it yourself. It's like, yeah, I'm trying to move off it. But yeah, it's a, and those are the things that we really need to remember, yeah. you know, because we get so caught up in like what we think we should have or where we should be and things that are missing, you're not looking at the stuff that you really have. And those are the things that I try to remind myself. Cause again, I couldn't do anything like without booze or everything would just be so, and now to not have that anxiety and that fear and to be able to go into any situation, like I got this, like bring it on. I have no problem. You know, yeah. those are the things that I need to remind myself because even the littlest things, you know, things that are simple now were, pretty difficult, you know, way yeah. back when. Yeah. So what's one of your favorites? What's one of your favorite strains? Wh wh which one is, which one is really bringing you joy right now? Is it, all right, let me think about that. You know and what, actually, and it's really is, weird. Let me just say this. This is, I want to know the strain that is Aaron um, when he's baking fucking cakes <laughs> and making say like, this is not Aaron. I'm working. This is like, I am able to relax and chill. See, I, I, there are ones that I just always have loved. And I said, like purple train wreck has always been my favorite blueberry. Like I, I need to try more strains. Like I love what I know. And I just like, so, um, a new one that I've, um, enjoy. well, I actually sour tangy, like I have different ones that are favorites for doing different things. Like I yeah. found out that sour tangy is really good for, um, my morning routine um, and just getting my um, stuff going and just working out or whatever. Um, that's, that's beneficial, but the, I blueberry purple train rack, uh, San Fernando Valley OG. That's, that's always been a favorite. So I, I have my favorites that are just like, yeah, but I need to branch out more. Yeah. You got you, like, you're a creature of habit. So it's like, I know that these ones do me well. And that's why, like, and, and this sounds crazy, but if I'm doing something, there's a new strain. And I like, if I have something to do, 
I'm not gonna I'm not gonna introduce something new and like because I know that I need to do X, Y, and Z. Yeah. So I'll wait for a time when I can try when I can see exactly how that affects me because I need to make sure that I'm on point. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Aaron, we are definitely gonna have have, have to have a part two. Yeah, um, anytime. And like I said, people, we were already talking just about life and shit thirty minutes before we even press record. Um, before we get out of here, a couple of things. Mm -hmm. um, Holla at Aaron Washington uh, by name. Just look up his name on LinkedIn. Yeah. Um, if you want to see some of his amazing work, some of these nuggets, he, they just look amazing. It's like they pop off of the screen right at you. Um, so if you're interested in some of the stuff that he's doing, um, the work that he uh, is currently doing in cannabis, please check out Gaia1.com. That's Gaia1.com. Working on my clicks here. All right. Um, <laughs> I love it. What do you want to leave the people with? Um, that's a good question. Um, you know, it's funny. I, uh, one thing I'd say, like, I appreciate it. One thing I have to say, I appreciate whenever anyone, you know, has something positive to say, I do what I do basically in a vacuum. And you alluded to it when you're like, damn, he breaking cakes and, and making steaks. Like he just doing what he want to do. Like there were times I'm like, yeah, I'm crazy, but I don't care. The thing is like, you know, whether people respect it or, or like it or, or don't like it, just I'm happy just to be genuinely myself. And like, you don't have to respect it. You don't have, well, you don't have to like it, but you got to respect it. Cause right. I'm not, because, and literally what it was is I've gone through my entire life living how other people expect me to be. Mm. So now I'm me and I'm, I'm me that makes me happy. And, and again, and that's part of, and that's, this is what people need to realize um, with addictions and, and anything else. So getting lost in anything, whether it's anxiety, fear, whatever, if you don't understand like who you are as a person, like, like at the fundamentals of yourself, it's very easy to get lost. Cause you sit there looking at this person and that person and try to be like them. And this is what I tell my kids, like you don't ever be, a, a cheap copy of someone else. Just yeah. be yourself because you will act around. You want to be like them. They've already done that. They've already, they're on to something new and you're trying to be them. So just be you. So that, that's what I, what I would like. My takeaway is that for everyone, just enjoy the fact that you are uniquely you don't compare yourself to somebody else because that, that's, that's just a losing strategy. So just be true to yourself. That's it. That That's what I try to do people, whether they think I'm crazy, whether they like it, you know? So yes, be true to yourself. That's my message. I, you know what? I think that that's perfect. I think that that's perfect. Um, and I think that as we are navigating this mm -hmm. regulated space, yeah. Um, whether we're talking about um, cannabis products, whether we're talking about, you know, um, individuals and services that they provide or how they want to engage in the space. I think the thing that is going to outlast and outlive everything is authenticity. Yeah. Right. Um, because there's no duplication of that. No. You are who you are. No one can do you better than you do you. And so I think in all things, like that's almost like a craft model, right? Mm. That like, I, I am unique. This is unique. I'm not mass produced. And in order to, you know, get this flavor, you got to deal with me. And yeah. um, hey, 
We'll end it there. Be unique, yeah. people. Be uniquely you. Yeah. Until next time, stay blunt. Stay-